The Goal Radio Football Show. Hi everyone, good evening, I'm Paul Cooney Welcome to the Go Radio Football Show We started the weekend with high hopes of the international against Israel But 1-1 as you know it finished What's going to happen tonight in the Czech Republic? Unknown side up against Scotland, anything could happen Rob McLean Well that was a really depressing Friday night wasn't it watching that it was. There was so little going on for Scotland It was really depressing And quite frankly I'm really worried about tonight it's uh, hiding to nothing because we don't yeah. really know much about the Czech Republic. Sai, we, we finished on Friday at yeah. a minute to seven singing Flower of Scotland. That was the best part of the night. Do you know what, Paul? There needs to be a bit of give and take here. Eh? Like, we're absolutely flying for tours on Friday. We sing the national anthem and then we need to go and watch that. Honestly, I left here absolutely buzzing to go and watch the game. And same as Rob, just so frustrating, boring. <laughs> I was bored at home at Hamden. One shot on goal. I mean, we need to see him there. That's Cy Ferry next to your Rangers and Scotland legend Barry Ferguson. Barry, you were excited to watch the match. Leading up all week, um, if you, you look at our squad, you look at the starting lineup, um, I, I was excited but disappointed if I'm, if I'm being honest with you. Not enough balls into the box, midfielders no taking responsibility, going to control a game of football. But at the end up, listen, it, it's a point, but. These kind of games we have got to be winning. There's, there's no doubt about it with the squad and the players that we've got. So what do you think at home? Give us a call 0808 17 17 700. What do you reckon is going to happen tonight for the match against the Czech Republic? Um, and will they make changes, Barry? What's he going to do? Is it the same team, do you think? Or is he going to change the formation? I, I don't think he'll make too many changes. Um, you've seen his interview after the game. Um, he says there was a few positives to what, take out. What it. would they have been? Lyndon Dykes up front um, I've got a bonus for his debut I yeah. was impressed it, it was tough for him He never got enough balls Into the box as I said um, But look, He might go back to a back four But then There's a dilemma Where yeah. do you play Kieran Tierney Where do you play Andy Robertson We're back to this again At least, um, you, at least you got the team right Yeah, I did oh, sorry, get the did. Team, yeah. Right. That's got the gaffer's it. head on it <laughs> I got the team right But listen The team Obviously never got the, the result We were looking for Three points um, Let's be honest Israel had some decent players, but we've got to be beating teams like Israel at home. It was really surprising, wasn't it, Sai, that uh, one goal, we couldn't hold on to it, and it was a bit of magic from the Israelis to yeah, get that I, goal. I just, when the team came in, I just thought it was a certain it would be 3 5 2, mm. and that Christie yeah. would play off Dykes. And I actually put in the group chat to you, like after yeah. 10 minutes, what, what, what's the formation here? Because mm. I was so baffled. Like I just thought Tierney playing left centre back, Andy Robertson would have the full left side to himself to run forward and put crosses in the box, James Forrest would be. Somewhere on the right-hand side, I think McGinn and Christie, as Barry said, were, were kind of there to come inside and be two number 10s. But for me, there was times where Andy Robertson was running 50 yards up the pitch and Ryan Christie was dropping into left-back to get on the ball. And I was just completely baffled by it, all, to be honest. As I say, I thought it was it was tailor-made for John McGinn to play his, his normal position for Aston Villa in a three with McGregor and Jack. You know, part of the reason of playing three at the back is that you get three in the middle of the pitch and you dominate the game in there. But I thought Israel... Israel had more better control of the game than us. Second half. Uh, yeah. And as Barry yeah. says, no crosses. It just a six yeah. foot two striker in the box, but then across the box, it baffles me. I felt sorry for John McGinn because um, he was starting further up the pitch. I yeah. like him when he's a bit deeper and then he can make the the timed runs. Um, Get the big uh, backside in it. Huh? Yep, he's he can come in and take part in the game. And then when the ball goes wide, he can take off and get into that box. That's where John McGinn's at his, his he, best. He looked a bit out of his comfort zone, didn't yeah. he? Because yeah. of where he was playing. Yeah, I, I think he looked a bit... He wasn't sure, Rob. As as Sai says, he's used to playing a certain position with Aston Villa and he's playing it extremely well. Why the, change it? That's games. what my baffles me so bad. Why change it? Why not just play him there? Yeah, well, you look at the midfield three. John McGinn, for me, fantastic mm. player. Callum McGregor, you know, a, a 
speak highly of him I think he can control a game of football I need to see more for Callum I, I think he can do so much more He can go and demand that ball for the centre-backs Start the play and dictate the play I need to see that for Callum McGregor Because it's certainly in him And Ryan Jack, the same, he does the same thing at Rangers I just didn't see that for the midfielders Maybe I'm looking at the game and Si will be the same Two central midfielders ourselves But I need to see somebody dominate in there and dictate a game of football Okay, we're going to take some calls, lots of people calling in and during the programme we're also going to hear from QPR manager Mark Warburton he'll be with us in about 20 minutes former Celtic and Scotland player Stephen McManus and Aidan McGeady, the former Celtic Ireland and oh, uh, Spartak he'll be Moscow that, boy. Yeah. he'll be unbelievable <laughs> and where's he going? where's he going to be next season? still signed at Sunderland what a great talent he is oh, when, honestly, see when we were younger yeah. this sums Aidan up we used to go to tournaments and it would be like Real Madrid, Barcelona there yeah. and if we'd finished like fourth or fifth in the tournament in the the organisers at the end would give a player a tournament if Aidan never won it he'd be, he'd be up at 14 asking the organiser why he never won competitive the yeah honestly he was unbelievable what a talent he was as a kid um, easily the most talented kid I've seen when I was at Celtic so um, right. no he's good and he's, okay. got a good, he's got a good opinion as well so he's coming on yep. at uh, top of the bill at That'll half past six that would be interesting <laughs> that's the did, you did you beat him a few times did you used to kick him I, I tried to listen he's one of the players when when the Celtic team came in and Aidan yeah. McGeady was in that starting 11 he was a real danger and yeah. he's one that we had to stop from being that danger man so yep and he's, and he's in that slot they all want the half six slot <laughs> isn't he? that's an in-house yeah, joke I heard he's not too happy with I that he wasn't happy with the half six slot either you can't keep him happy I honestly. demanded I demanded it was last on <laughs> five till seven every minute counts on the Go Radio Football Show right this counts it's Graham, a Scotland fan on the line Graham, good evening hi Graham. Good evening. how's it going yeah we're okay thanks how are you what's your what's your thoughts on Scotland tonight about Friday evening well just what I think it should have happened probably on Friday evening, right? I'd build my team around that boy Armstrong. He's he's a right proper number ten. I don't think he really get the chance an off at Celtic, and he's turning it up doing there with Southampton. I think he'll get a bigger move. So he's talking about five in the middle of the park. So you're talking about him as your number ten. I'd have the boy McGinn floating about behind Dykes, and then the boy Ryan Jack sitting a bit deeper. He'd have Tierney at left mid. Him and Robertson would be able to interchange, no bother, if Robertson was at left back. And then I'd have the boy Fleck on the right, because he does a great job doing there and all. That boy Dykes, uh, he actually done really well the other night, I felt and all. Mm. And then another boys at the back, or I think they maybe picked themselves at the minute. But he, the boy Armstrong, I think he's, he's the best team we've got. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to really get much of it. But I don't know. That's who I would kind of go for there. I think it's similar to the Rangers situation that we speak about all the time. See, at home, for Scotland, we're playing against Israel who are 15 places below us. Why do we need two defensive midfielders in Ryan Jack and Callum McGregor? Because they've both done the exact exactly. same thing for me. They get the ball and they pass it to a centre-half or a full-back. And then you've got nobody bursting it in the box. The ball's going up to Dykes. There's nobody near him. That's what Stuart Armstrong's good at. I said that on Friday night. Stuart Armstrong, the best bit of his game, that when the ball goes up to a big centre-forward, he times his run perfectly for a, for a, for a knock-off, for a shot and goal. Uh, and I agree, Armstrong was in my team Friday to play. Yeah, well, me and Rob are speaking about it off air. Um, I watched plenty of games down south last year on, on TV with Southampton and Armstrong was a standout. Mm. There's, there's no doubt about it. But the manager... Uh, he's got his, his certain players that he wants to play in there Callum McGregor I, I know he plays holding midfielder at times but he's got so much more in him he can drive forward he can create he can score a goal as well Si mm, um, 
But listen, I get Graham's point. I think Armstrong's a, a top midfielder. He's one of the box-to-box guys. He doesn't take part of the build-up, but he'll make the runs off a centre-forward and, and get you a goal. Barry, let's hear from Stuart Armstrong about the uh, quick turnaround from Friday until the match tonight. It's going to be a challenge for everyone involved, really, because you've prepared for certain individuals to play as if uh, you would any other game. Um, So for that to change quite dramatically is unusual again, and the preparation will be probably shorter than usual. But um, that's something we have to deal with as a team and, and go into the game as we would any other. Don't you just hate a footballer who speaks in joined oh up sentences? Oh my god. Oh, why, did he, why did he say that? Very, <laughs> very, very <laughs> intelligent. I sounded like the Scotland Club doctor there, didn't it? I'll translate oh that into Dundonian <laughs> for you, don't worry. <laughs> but I mean, but is there not a point to say that whatever the, you know, whether Stuart Armstrong had played or not, whatever formation we played or not, it was just a colourless performance. Mm. There, was, there was no urgency, there was no hunger. They didn't seem to believe Again, against a team that surely. Graham, what do you think we should have been taking care of? Well, see, we're a big boy like that up front. He can come short and can come, go long and all. I mean, the boy's decent with his feet, but he's cracking in there. Mm-hmm. Get the ball wide. Third, third boy, third runner. Get the ball in the box. Job done. Huh. I, I don't think there was enough balls played into the box in the wide areas. We get into some uh, fantastic positions and we turn back and started again. I mean, I think Andy Robertson, we spoke saying. about it, Sai. Yeah. Graham, we spoke about it. Andy Robertson had. Two, two cross balls, I yeah. think, mm-hmm. the whole game. Yeah, and can I say to you that, that from the, it was a, it was a corner kick, but, but the one chance inside the box that Lyndon Dykes had to head the ball, yeah, he knocked penalty. it down for the yeah. penalty. Yep. And the fact that Nier Beton's playing centre half. Yeah. See, if I'm the Scotland manager now, look at Nier uh-huh. Beton's a centre midfielder playing centre half. I'm bombarding the box with crosses. Beton doesn't like defending, he likes having the ball at his feet. Oh, aye. And on the opposite yeah. side, Israel done it to us with McTominay. The new McTominay was a midfielder and they kept putting balls yeah. to the back post. They got a couple of chances from it. So, alright, I understand the players and that as well, but I, I was just totally bad. I, I didn't see a style of play. I don't know what we were trying to achieve. Were we trying to get the ball wide to cross it? No. Were we trying to play through the middle? That's no. I, I just kind of see what we were trying to play. I think that boy Fleck would be what he was in there all day. He's been doing that all season. For McBurney, for Knockdowns, and all the rest of it. Aye, Graham Fleck is. Young John, John Fleck's more of a, a central midfielder. That's where he's been playing um, most of his football for Sheffield United in the middle of the park. And, uh, we're, I mean, think he'd be a joke for Scotland at seven, no? Yeah, and listen, he, he's a guy that I rate very highly. He could play anywhere on, on the pitch, but he's, his best position as central midfield again going and dictating the play but that that's one of our strongest positions I mean, I mean we've rhymed off five, six, seven top midfielders yep. in, in my eyes we just need to get the, the right three yeah. and we need to get the support of Lyndon Dykes because I'll be honest with you I thought Lyndon Dykes was fantastic mm-hmm. on Friday night mm-hmm. yep. he didn't have a lot to do it was tough for him he was up there alone at times but when he got the ball up held it in laid it off brought others into play and got free kicks in, in areas when he didn't have a lot of support. So Lyndon Dykes, I, I think, uh, going going forward, will be a big player for Scotland because you can go short into him. And also at times, yep, yep. you need to go long as well. You need to change the, the game up. But see, even off the ball, like pressing-wise, mm-hmm. we never even pressed mm-hmm. Israel high up the pitch. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why? We're at home. Mm-hmm. Go and get the ball back high up the pitch. Mm-hmm. Letting them play it through the back. With Beaton, as I said, mm-hmm. who's a good football player. And then it, it just allowed Israel to get safe control of the game and... If it's me, I'm going to impress them as high as possible, you know, and getting the ball back high. So uh, I was a bit confused. So, Graham, what's your prediction tonight? What do you think is going to happen? Well, this is their C team, is it not? Well, yeah. (laughs) Mm. 
Yep. Sullivan boys at the pub they've got in it. So the Covid crisis is meant... Yep. But yep. it's a worry. Yep. I mean, yep. they've got a squad of 24 and there's only two of their guys been capped. So you're going into the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, you Does don't that make know. it even harder for Scotland? Yeah, it's a potential yep. banana skin. Yep. There's no doubt about it. That over the, the weekend, I'm sure Stevie Clark will be sitting down with an analyst guy and going through the, the players that are in the Czech squad. Yep. Um, one thing for sure, that they'll be technically good. There's no doubt about it if they... They play in the Czech League, which is a decent enough league. But I mean, it's a really unusual situation, isn't it? When you can't even predict the eleven are going to start, far less what positions they're going to play and what formation they're going to play. And this is a whole new squad being brought together. And I'm, that re- this really worries me for Scotland. We knew what we were facing on Friday, and we didn't exactly do very well with that. This is a real unknown quantity tonight. Like you say that as well. I know about it. Sorry. Yep. Sorry, get my go. It's easy to say I like to get a win. You would really like to think so, but I can't. I know, I know. full strength to choose for. Yeah, I know Barry's saying about like it'll be hard for the players, but come on. I mean, they're they're missing what eighteen of their best players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we yep. can't beat Czech Republic's C team, then I'm very worried. Let's hear from Stevie Clark. We have a unique situation, and everybody has to react to it. Maybe it won't be the last time it happens, but there still has to be some reaction. So. The game's gone ahead, and that's all we—that's all we can comment. I'm, I'm a head coach of a football team, so I've prepared for the game. We've prepared as well as we can, and we want to win the game. In the strangest of times, I'd be happier if I was playing against the Czech Republic full national team. But we're in a very strange time, a very disturbing time, really. If you, if you look at the, the amount of cases all over the world, and I can't believe that the Czech Republic will be the only camp that comes up with a positive COVID test at some time. Is there a goal tonight, do you think, for um, Lyndon Dykes? He played so well uh, on Friday. Do you think we can get a goal away from home? Yeah, but for sure. I, I, as I said, I think Lyndon Dykes going forward will be a big player for Scotland. Mm. Certainly in that performance uh, on Friday night. And look, I get what Sai's saying, but you're going into the unknown. They, they will be decent enough. But I do still think with the squad, and you look at the players that we have got and the quality we have got, you've got to be going there tonight and getting the three points there's no doubt about it he must have been thinking where's everybody else he, yeah. he was doing his job you know he was getting long balls thrown up at him yeah. surrounded sometimes by two or three players keeping it mm-hmm. getting other players involved who was going beyond him who you know who, who was who was helping out yeah I just felt a wee bit for, for John McGinn and, and Ryan Christie mm-hmm. it looks if they were unsure when to go and when not to go um, so how can, how can that be uh, though eh? that's strange for me surely yeah, I've worked on it for, for the last three days now yeah but Listen, it's one of the ones you don't get a, a, a long time. Yeah. Um I, I just felt John McGinn, I mean, looking at the previous Scotland games, scoring goals, making late runs. But I get Graham's point. I think you could maybe see a Stuart Armstrong. That's his natural game. That's the way he plays for Southampton. That's the way he's played throughout his career. So I could see one or two changes. And so would you start with uh, Stuart Armstrong tonight? Yeah, but listen, yeah. He, he looked, he looked decent enough when he came on. There's no doubt he is a he is yeah. a good player. I mean, you've seen that at Dundee United, you've seen that at Celtic, and now you're seeing it in the Tom League uh, down in England. So he needs to freshen it as well, doesn't yeah. he? Uh, so yeah. we're going to. I mean, we're, we're trying to score a goal away from home, but remember, we played against our worst team in, at home, and we only had one shot and goal. Yeah. You know, I, I've raised my concern before. I think Steve Clark's a defensive manager. I do. I think his best, the the best time his career was at Kilmarnock mm-hmm. when they were the underdog and he, you had to sit in tight and they had teams on the counter attack. You know, I think these Scotland players are guys that want to dominate games now, and I just, I, I don't see an attack. I, I don't, I don't see an, an attacking identity at, at Scotland just now. Yeah. Graham, before you go, then what's your prediction tonight? Two one Scotland. Two one Scotland. Yeah, we take that one, Barry. You had to think yeah. about yeah. it, yeah. though, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll take yeah. that, but I'll go back to what 
I says away at the start of the show, I, I need to see one of the central midfielders running the game. Mm-hmm. Being a leader in there, dictating the game of football, I, I, I think we've got good footballers in there. Somebody needs to take the lead in there. Yeah. Okay. Plenty of chat on that between now and seven o'clock. Thanks very much for calling in. 0808 17 17 700. Rob, you've got some breaking news for us. Newcastle United have confirmed the signing of Ryan Fraser. Five year deal. Wow. Yeah, well, that is, it's, it's just good to get him back playing again, isn't it? He's one that, that we could have uh, utilised over these couple of games had he sorted out his club between now and then. But yeah, I mean, he, he had a fantastic time with Bournemouth, didn't he? And uh, yeah, he can kick on for Newcastle now. Yeah, I really like him. I think he, was it last year, he was, was probably Bournemouth's best player for me. You know, he's one guy that's gotten that will be direct. You know, he wants to get the ball, he wants to run at people, he wants to create chances, he wants to cross the ball. Uh, so... Him playing at a higher level is great for Scotland. And I was just saying, he must must be close to, to your money now, Barry, after that move. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, Barry, yeah. Barry his, stat, his stats were amazing at Bournemouth, Ryan yeah. Fraser, wasn't he? He was up there with the David Silvas and, and all the rest in terms of assists in the Premier League. Uh, fantastic. Yep, even in a struggling team, Rob. Um, he certainly showed his qualities in that Bournemouth team. Um, I think Newcastle have got a cracker in him. I still think there's more to come for Ryan Fraser. I think he can get better. So he's linked to Tottenham in that as well, wasn't he? And Arsenal. Yep, last and he's, year. he's back up, maybe a bit closer to his family as well. Newcastle's not too far from, I think he's Aberdeen, mm-hmm. born and bred, yep. isn't he? So, no, it's a great signing for, for Newcastle and a great move for, for the boy. So we'll give you uh, more news as it comes in. Remember, Mark Warburton's going to be with us in about 10 minutes' time. Stephen McManus at 6 and at 6.30, the Aidan McGeady show with Sai joining us. So plenty on the go. Um, and any moves on the go, Sai? We're looking around to see there might be some signings. The Morelos thing goes on and on, but there's no work, uh, no word about that, which is not surprising in International Week. And uh, at Celtic as well, any any uh, hint of anyone coming in? We'll talk about that very shortly. We'll, we'll do that. <laughs> Sai is hitting the phones the way you did with Ollie McBurney, who was brilliant on Friday night. And I see Davy Proven in the Scottish Sun uh, yesterday was saying much as, as you were that give him a give him a break, and his commitment to Scotland is there. And he actually enjoyed coming on here, did he? speaking yeah. to him after. Yeah, he yeah. says. Um, uh, much respect to everyone how they treated him you know we're really nice to him and, and backing him so he says that he'll come on again anytime anytime Mike that's great I think he wants to speak to Fergie as well because he's his hero is that, that uh-huh yeah oh, I didn't know that I didn't know yeah, that yeah. but I said he to did, Rob he did have a few beers at the time so I don't know if he was. I, I did say to Rob on Wednesday but I think he's the boys had a lot of unfair criticism yeah. up here I think the games that he played with Scotland I felt sorry for him he was isolated far too many times for me so he deserves another chance he's been open and honest the Bull Radio Football Show Paul Cooney here with Barry Ferguson, Simon Ferry and Rob McLean and we're delighted to say now coming up uh, next on the line of the night when Scotland will be playing the Czech Republic Rob, kick-off timer is it 7.45? 7.45, yep Same as Friday night but yeah. let's hope for a, a different <laughs> feeling we had so much optimism going into it but we, you know nobody was complacent far from it but it just didn't happen as you said Barry Ferguson sometimes you know you go to your work you go, you try and do your best and it just doesn't happen for you Yep, listen I think the boys went out and, and, and gave their all there's no doubt about it but it just wasn't at the levels what the been doing week in week out at, at club level um, it happens sometimes now you've got to get a response and hopefully that's tonight we'll win against the Czech Republic Well I'm delighted to say now on the Go Radio Football Show here in Glasgow it's someone we all know well by reputation the former Rangers manager and the manager of QPR it's Mark Warburton Mark good evening Good evening to you hope you're all well Yeah we're good thanks thanks Hi, very much for Hi, joining Mark. us Hi We were just talking there about Friday night in Scotland disappointed to get 1-1 but far from disappointed pleased with the performance of the man that you signed two weeks ago Lyndon Dykes no, Delighted as I say some of the contribution he's came down and made a real impression in London 
in the way he's settled in and his, his work ethic and his, his quality, of course, as well. And I got similar feedback from Steve in the Scottish camp. So really pleased that he made his debut and really pleased he made a good contribution. And beforehand, Mark, he said, I, I want to do really well for Scotland. I want to be a great. And I know that's probably what he feels for you at QPR as well. He's got a brilliant attitude. He has. And as I said, I like the fact that he's coming to the game relatively late. He hasn't had the benefit of a good academy education. So he's learning all the time. But he's got a real work ethic and appetite to learn as well, which Barry will tell you is a, is a fantastic combination. So he's, you know, he's working hard every single day he comes in. He wants to improve his game. I've no doubt going forward he can establish himself, hopefully, as, as Scotland's main striker. Did you watch the game, Mark? Did you see the Scotland game? Yeah, we were actually travelling. We had a game away in Plymouth us in so we were down there we got the highlights and I've watched bits and pieces since but I thought for a man coming in for his first game he made us a good contribution it'd be better for the experience and as I say going forward hopefully he can build on that well I think that that's what we've been saying in the in the first 20 25 minutes of the show is that is that he was uh, the standout which is a bit of a surprise since he was the new boy in the team but maybe there was a bit of a lack of lack of support really from some of the, the players who you expected to deliver to deliver round about him um, but I mean everything that was asked of him which was pretty much long balls thrown up to him uh, he dealt with and he, ke- he kept possession of the ball really well but there, there were a few chances for him he was involved in the penalty of course he was involved in knocking the ball down for the penalty but he had few chances uh, to actually work the goalkeeper no, but he, what you just said there, we've seen as well down south in terms of his hold-up play is good, his link-up play, his first touch is nice and confident. You know, he recognises the chance to run the channels and work the channels tirelessly, but he can come short and, as I say, combine with his teammates. So we've been very impressed with how he, with his all-round game, but there's so much development potential there. You know, as I say, coming to game late, so keen to learn. There's a lot more to come from him than Dykes, there's no doubt about that. Mark, it's Barry Ferguson here. How are you doing? Yeah, Barry, all well, thank you. You? I am good, thanks. Good. Just a, a Rangers question, obviously. Um, we've been the ex-Rangers manager and obviously myself as an ex-Rangers player. Just when you arrived at Rangers, were you surprised at the demands and the expectations? I know Davy Weir was your right-hand man, but were you surprised yourself when you when you come up? No, Barry, I, I've got to be honest with you. I keep being asked as if to say Mark had no idea of the size of it. How can you leave, and this is great with respect to the old club, Brentford, you can't leave Brentford with a home crowd of ten, twelve thousand, and come to a club of Rangers stature and say, "Yeah, I knew exactly what to expect." I'd be ignorant to even suggest that, Barry. But having someone like Davy and doing your homework and speaking to people, you know it's a global brand. You know the magnificent history of the football club. You know what's involved, the expectation, what it means to the supporters. But you also know, Barry, where they've been the last two, three, four years. Mm-hmm. So you understand that. So in terms of it, you come in there with your eyes wide open. You're not naive. You're going to find certain things are going to shock you. The media, for example, the level of scrutiny, the goldfish bowl scenario that you all know so well. But no, I'm, I'm very aware. I'm not. I'm not 25 and fresh out of you know, yeah. fresh out of high school. I, I've worked in, in some big jobs. I know about pressure. I know what to do. And, and not in an arrogant way. I've got confidence in my own ability. So it was one for me. It was an absolute privilege to manage such a club. But you never go in there in a naive manner. You know exactly what you have to do to try and make the right impression. And you'd have liked more time, Mark, as well, wouldn't you, to have, to have uh, developed the job because you were out inside two years, weren't you? Yeah, and, I, and again, that would always rankle because, you, you know, I think they would, any, anyone will walk back to a club of such stature. There's no doubt about that, you know, to have that privilege of managing such a club. But then, you know, directors make their decisions because at the end of the day, they're fans. And then you realise in Glasgow, it's only the gap to Celtic. And as I said at the time, 
Brendan came in. They had their record every year, their best every year in their history that they had at the same time. Now, our target was to come third, to qualify for Europe in year three. Well, in year two, we're sitting in second, albeit 20 points behind Celtic, but we're sitting in second place. But what happens, happens. And as I say, at the end of the day, owners are owners. They, they write the checks, they own the club, and you have to, you have to smile and abide by the decision. It, it hurts. You don't like it, but as I say, it's football and you have to move on very quickly. So were those unrealistic expectations from the boardroom? No. They, they, you know, at the end of the day, we've come up, we've been promoted. We had to build a squad. It takes time to build a squad, um, especially the budget. The budget disparity was a big problem. Celtic players were on multiples of the Rangers players. Uh, and everyone refers to that semi-final win, which is great for the fans and great for the players, etc. But you know straight away that nine times out of ten, that's not going to happen. Not through a lack of belief or lack of desire, but through the fact that their players are literally on multiples of salary. And they're going to have, they've got better international players at the time. Our job was to build that squad and over the two, three years, get into a place where you can absolutely go and commit uh, a league campaign to win the title. That had to be the aim, but it can't happen in that first 15, 18 month period. Did you get a good explanation, Mark, when you were shown the door um, about why you were shown the door? I think it's very clear. I think we all know that's not the case. You know, that's, that's, that's more than common knowledge now. But it's football. It happens. And, and they will tell you, you have good days, you have bad days. But from that point of view, no, it just moved on very, very quickly. I was completely taken by surprise. But all you can do is, is you, you try and make, I think you've got to maintain your dignity. There's no point. I will never, ever be critical of, of Rangers Football Club. It was always a, it would always be a privilege to manage it. But what happened was, um, in my mind, completely inappropriate, completely wrong. Uh, and we were in the building stage and sitting second in the league and, and everything was OK. But as I say, Celtic had their stellar year. And I said at the time, or just before what happened, happened. I said, you know, people will regress to the norm. And I got a pile of abuse for that. But all I meant was, when you have a stellar, as a striker, you might score eight, nine, eight, and then score 25. And you find that they regress back to their normal pattern. You have this one-off stellar year. And that was Celtic's year. And as I say, I think we paid the price for that. Mark, in, ter- in terms of your brand of football um, that you brought up to, to Rangers, I- I've got to be honest with you, I enjoyed watching it, the way that your, you. your team played. Is that something that you've you've done at all the clubs you've been at, play that similar yeah. way that you did when you came up to Rangers? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that. I think you look at Brentford, you know, we were 18th in League One uh, and we got promoted with Wolves and then we came fifth in the Championship and just missed out on promotion to Middlesbrough in the playoffs. Uh, and we had a, a squad. We look at the squad now in terms of like just James Tarkowski and Andre Gray and Yotta and these type of people, you know, big Premier League signings now. We had a good squad developed and we surprised a lot of people. But you want players who enjoy the football. You want players who can dominate a football. And at the end of the day, supporters now, more than ever, have a choice of what to do on, on Saturday afternoon. So you have to make sure the supporters enjoy watching their team and following their team. And the bigger the budget, the better the quality of play you get. And of course, you know, the stronger your squad can be. But I think we, in that first year, the target or the, the, um, the goal was promotion. They did it with, you know, 11 points. They got the petrified. They beat Celtic, not the cup final. So I thought the first year, the report card was, was very positive. What do you think you can do with Queen's Park Rangers, Mark? Because we all remember the days when they were very much a top flight team. Yeah, it's, um, the financial landscape in, in, in all of the football arenas now is so vastly different after COVID. You have to, the dust is still settling. I don't think people really know where the dust is in terms of the value is rather in terms of players. 
Um, seeing that we lost our own yesterday, he's got the Crystal Palace. But the delay was probably people just trying to understand whether the true market value really lay. Um, but for QPR now, there's some big teams. It's an unbelievable division. When you, you, know, you look down, obviously, with Celtic and Rangers. But when you look down at some of the teams in the championship, it's a relentless division. You know, and you can't afford to be anywhere below your best. You get hurt. You know, bottom beats top and no one blinks an eyelid. So it's um, all, we, all we're looking to do is keep building the squad. We've got a reputation for developing young players through the academy and, and recruiting well and moving them on and keep building. And that has to be our game plan. But we've recruited well in the summer and uh, we need one or two more in. Obviously, Lyndon's come in, Rob Dickey's come in, Tom Carroll, who you know from Tottenham previously, um, Luke Amos from Tottenham. So we've recruited well, but we need one or two more. And then, as I say, it's a demanding, demanding need. Do you look to Scotland for talent? Obviously, you've absolutely. got Lyndon Dykes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm amazed that people are derogatory about Scottish players. I hear people make mm. comments that there's, there's nothing north of the border. Totally ignorant on their part. There's some tremendous players who probably just need opportunity and need nurturing and you need patience. What I do find, and though you may disagree, but sometimes the Scottish players take time to settle when they come down south. But I think given time and patience and working with them, there's outstanding talents. And it's the... Um, as I say, it's ignorant ones that, uh, that ignore that fact. Side, did you find it very different going to England when you went to Swindon? Yeah, I loved it though. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think, it, as Mark says, it comes down to your manager as well. You know, if, if you can get a manager that suits your style of play, I think that re- that really helps. And I think Lyndon Dykes, I think Mark's the perfect manager for him, you know, to progress his game because up here he has been a kind of a long ball player, but I'm sure the way Mark plays that, that will benefit Big Dykes. How's Lee Wallace done as well, Mark? Yeah, he's done great. He's had, you know, he had some injury frustrations last, last year. So no, no doubt about that. He came down and I was looking forward to it. He had a calf strain, which was a nagging one of grade two, which sort of really kept him out for a few weeks. And when you have that sort of nagging injury, it was one thing led to another. So he never really got the run of games. He played 12, 13 games, but he needs the games. But he's come back in pre-season fit and well, training very well and pushing hard. So looking forward to seeing how Lee does. He's a, he's a really, you know, he's a top-class professional on and off the field. And he has so much to offer still. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he performs. And I've got a second-hand question for you. It's from a Mr Andy Halliday saying, will you sign us again, Gaffer? <laughs> <laughs> Mr Halliday, top man. He's a great guy, He's a great lad. Yeah. He's, he's great for Rangers. You know, he's a Rangers yeah. fan. But to, to play as he did in that, in that time for Rangers with that expectation, he deserves enormous credit. Yeah. Even a manager says he's top man. That means he's no chance. <laughs> Mark, I'll tell you one top man is Steve, Stephen Davis. Uh, 119 caps tonight for Northern Ireland. I know you'd want to pay tribute to him. What a player he's been. No, magnificent. And what, what a career. And as I say, to, to maintain his level of, of standards, uh, professionalism throughout that career, I think deserves enormous credit. So when you get to those sort of numbers, anyone in the game will tell you what an achievement. One achievement, and he still looks like he plays a smile and still enjoys playing football, which is so, so important. I look at some of the young players, I'm not sure they really enjoy the game. Mm. But when you look at a player like Stephen and how he's conducted himself, as I say, tremendous, tremendous achievement and deserves so much, so much credit. He's had to carry a few midfielders at Rangers as well over the time, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got to echo with. I'm not getting, I'm not getting back <laughs> I've got to echo with Mark says here. I, I look at quite a lot of young footballers and they don't play with a smile on your face mm-hmm. it's what a great game to be involved in and, and Stevie Davis listen I was um, lucky enough to play beside him when he came up uh, he was pretty young um, fantastic footballer but most importantly a fantastic guy off the pitch as well and he, he deserves equaling that record the 119 caps and I'm sure 
he'll be going on for another couple of more years yet. Where would you put him on in terms of players you played with Rangers? Do you be up there? Yeah, he's got to be up there, definitely, yeah. say. Si. Mm. Mark, you won't be missing the city trading the way things have been and to be at QPR and looking forward to this season. It must be a really good time for you. It is, you know, the season real. If you're not, if you're in football and you're not looking forward to the start of the season, yeah. just get out of the game quickly. So we start off with Forest, then we've got Coventry, then we're Middlesbrough, Sheffield Wednesday, and the games come thick and fast. Bournemouth after international break, uh, and the, and the demanding program is such that you know you play seven in twenty-one days, you have a break, you play nine in twenty-eight days. So it's a game literally every three days, and and people because of COVID, because of a shortened season. But people don't realise the demand is places on squads of players and staff alike. So it's going to be really demanding. It's going to be unusual. But you have to, you have to thoroughly enjoy every minute. We're lucky to be involved in the game. And as I say, long may that continue. We touched on your, your previous occupation uh, as a city trader, Mark. How, how important is it, do you think, in your development as a football manager that you've actually been outside the game for a while? I was going to say a real job, but maybe city mm. trader doesn't quite qualify as that either. But. No, I'm well, not sure about that, by the way, but I'll have another, another conversation. But no, I just felt, I just felt that the, 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 the number of similarity, points of similarity, were so many. You know, you work in a trading room, I guarantee you that any, like, Bowie would love to be in the old dealing rooms, how competitive they were, um, you know, the rewards for success. That is a scary thought. I'm telling you now, it was, so, it, it was a dressing room. You know, we had desks of 12, 15 guys. At the time, male-dominated. Obviously, that's changed now. Testosterone filled, driven, communication, teamwork. You get well rewarded when you do well. You lose the job. Move on if you don't hit your targets. But I love that black and white. I like to know exactly what I have to do to what represents success, for example. So that environment for me was a fantastic learning environment. I had good positions, done you know, in a nice way, done well for myself, and and was pleased to really enjoy that. But I knew that I wanted something different, and when it came, I'm, I gave myself that ten-year window. So again. You know, you can say it's brave. I was very lucky because you're very lucky to get into football. You're very lucky to build a career in the game. So I know I've been very fortunate, but I hope very much the, the previous background, previous employment held me in good stead. Barry, right. yeah, takes you back to the Ibrox dressing room. It's similar, isn't it? The cut yeah, it's interesting that. Yeah. to listen to Mark say that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would last yeah. too long. The Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> indeed. Do you not need to be able to count to? Listen, I can count. Don't you worry about that. Mark, as you go, John's been on one question saying, what would you do about uh, Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney? You know, the dilemma of having two fantastic players. How do you play them in the same side? I don't know if that's fair to throw at you, but John's been on to no. ask you, Mark. Yeah. Listen, and then Steve is obviously an outstanding manager and highly experienced coach, but you've got two world-class players in the same position there. So the obvious thing is, do you go to the three and play a wing-back type role, or how do you how do you accommodate two uh, two outstanding players? And and it's as I say, people always say it's a nice problem to have, but as Barry will tell you, it's a difficult one to have. Simple as that, because as I say, you've got to try and fit it in. You change your system, you look at the players available to you, but that's part and parcel. That's the job. So as I say, you've got to t- somehow find a way of fitting two top draw players, which is, you know, which is what they are. So we recently played Arsenal, and as I say, you know, all the comments are so positive about how Kieran's done and how well he's looking. So it's a nice problem to have. It's a difficult problem, but Steve will solve it undoubtedly. Mark Warburton, thanks for joining us in Glasgow's own Go Radio Football Show. Mark, thanks a million. Have a great season. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, Mark. Pleasure, gents. Nice talking to you. Have a good evening. The Go Radio Football Show. Go Radio, thanks for listening in and also the podcast as well, they're doing really well, really well. maybe not quite to the open goal uh, extent side, but we're moving up in the charts.
Ah, oh, I don't know, right? you'll never get to that sort of standard, do you know what I mean? It's like, we're, I think we're number one in Britain, mate, so yeah. what can you do? <laughs> How was the training at the weekend then for uh, Peterhead? The training was good, mate. Yeah. The boys were on it. Mm. As, uh, as Barry says, it's the same thing. You need to pull the young boys and say, listen, you need to enjoy mm. it. It's a moan about running mm. and getting paid to keep fit. You've got the best job in the world. Didn't I realise how lucky they are, some of them, Paul, do you know what I mean? Yep. Barry, manager of Kelty Hearts, how, how are the Hearts doing as you prepare for the new season? Yeah, the boys are looking good, but I mean, it's interesting what, what Mark Warburton says and Sai's just said there. I, I go to so many games and, and watch 20s or under-21s, whatever they the, the call it, and I just see them with their, their shoulders dripped and no yeah. enjoying it. That What a game to be involved in. You try and be a professional footballer. What a chance they've got. Wonderful. They, they, they need to yep. go and play. Listen, if you're not enjoying it, Mark says the correct thing there. Get out. Uh, I interviewed Damien Duff when he took the Celtic Reserve yeah. job uh-huh. and he said, couldn't believe how miserable they were. He said, glad you're the most miserable group I've ever seen. Did he? Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. As, as we say, it's over so quick as well. Yeah. Eh? I, I, I go back to my time as a, a young apprentice. I used to look forward to getting in in the morning, yeah. getting up at six mm. and having to be in for eight o'clock to get all the first team training gear and boots prepared and, and ready that, that's what it was all about and then going out and training what, what a, what a job yeah, I, I was in the staff I was Walter Smith oh, Archie, oh, oh, right. the did you ever not one. clean them properly oh, Archie Knox honestly I used to have nightmares about that guy <laughs> did, you have to clean, did you have to clean their cars as well Yep, yeah, I had uh, to clean their cars yeah. when they, they told us to. Uh, Would you do mine? It's out in the car. <laughs> <laughs> a tenor, mate. A tenor. Yeah, we're going to take a call uh, coming in, but Rob, you've got some news, and Ryan yeah. Fraser has yeah. signed, and earlier today also there's another signing for Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. it's all gone through. Callum Wilson uh, has signed for Newcastle, and Scotland winger Ryan Fraser as well. It's a five year deal uh, for the Scotland man, who, of course, is uh, not involved for us either Friday or tonight. And uh, he said on signing, I'm absolutely buzzing for it as he would um, I came down to see the place the other day and it was all just good things the manager the place the fans the messages I've been getting it was just a, a no brainer really to play in such a big stadium with such passionate fans and being back up in the north again uh, is big as well he's a bit closer to home Ryan Fraser and he's ready to kick start his career at Newcastle can I just say you would never hear Stuart Armstrong say he was buzzing for it would you he, <laughs> no he would, I know he, I'm very any vocabulary considered <laughs> Robert did they send the helicopter for him because I heard this morning they sent the helicopter Mike Ashley's helicopter went for Callum Wilson so uh, did Not it make sure. two journeys and pick up uh, no I think well, he, he got the megabus yeah, yeah, he was in there <laughs> right who's on the line now it's Finlay's on hi Finlay a Scotland oh, fan hi Finlay how are you Right, no bad show. Yeah, good, yeah. Good, thanks. So, what are you thinking international-wise? I'm thinking about Steve Clark and the, the team he picked on Friday night. I think he's trying too hard to play like likes of Tierney and Robertson in the same team. I know they're world-class, but there are two left-backs. So, surely you play one and bench the other one. I know the, I know the world-class, but... No, I need to disagree. I need, sorry, Finlay, I need to disagree. Yep. I think, you, you know, on that sort of level, you need to get your top-class players... I th- Arsenal do it with Tierney, mate. You know, they play him in that position. I think he's totally fine playing there. Uh, I think yeah. Robertson could play full back. For me, <clears throat> as I've said before, I think the problem for me was that Christie was standing five yards for Robertson. Never really get, gave him a chance to get higher up the pitch and get crosses in. It ended up almost being a back five, didn't it? Which was strange to me as well. You know, James Forrest ended up at right back as well. If that's the way you're going to play that defensive, you just play Stephen O'Donnell there. But nah, I think for me, you need to play Robertson and Tierney. Were you saying. Yeah, again. Were yeah. you were you saying, Findlay, that that you wouldn't put them both in? You would you would put one in the we right position and leave. Th- with Arsenal, yeah. And would you leave? So would you leave one of them out? Well, you mentioned about Sai saying about Tierney uh, Arsenal. He can play a centre back, a back three. But like McTominay, I know he's a CDM. He can play centre back, but he's kind of playing more right back with three of them. 
So, you know, I think better off Steve Donald kind of going down overlapping past the wingers and stuff like that. Because I wondered whether your point was do Scotland get too wrapped up in sorting that dilemma out at the expense of everything else about the team maybe we we, we, yeah. we spend a lot of time talking about it and th- that that certainly wasn't the only problem area Barry was it on, on Friday night no but the no, Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson are the two superstars of yeah. the, the Scotland squad now I, I agree with Sai you've got to find a, a solution to getting your best players on the pitch whether that's going to a back four whether that's a back three they need to do it for me, if you left one of them out, I think you'd be you'd be killing the team. They're too good of players. Um, now, I, yeah. I I don't think it was as bad in terms of the formation as people are making out. No, I just don't think there was enough support getting up to Dykes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sai made yeah. a good point. Christie dropped a bit deep. I need Christie 10, 15, yeah. 20 yards further up the pitch. I need McGinn dropping in a wee bit and making a bursting long bursting runs for 20, 30 yards into the the box. And I need more for. Callum McGregor's as I said and I need more for James Forrest bombing James Forrest can play that position Yeah. how many times did they play it for Celtic, Celtic last yeah. season yeah. from Plenty. the winter break yeah. right up to the COVID-19 kicked in James yeah. Forrest can play it he, yeah. can, he played and actually I think I've seen him play in the left a couple of games yeah. as well um, but listen I think that formation in time will suit Scotland I do think but you've got to have a, a way of playing both see how people say that Robertson's not the same player for Scotland Barry did you find it difficult going for being the top man at Rangers to, to go and play for Scotland well Andy Robertson's different so I, again I spoke to Rob about this Andy Robertson's you still a lot of talking off here where am I where am I in this conversation no, you're right. actually you may have been here for four oh, o'clock you're not coming in you're, you're, uh, your money's oh, getting cut see if, see if you show up at yeah. five to five that's what happens mate I know Um no, listen, Andy Robertson's playing with world-class players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that centre-half, Van Dyke, you could leave him at the back himself and Andy Robertson can go 30, 40 yards up the pitch. That's the difference. Yeah. He's playing with world-class players every single week. But he's still coming into a Scotland squad. For me, this is only my opinion, that I've got very good players. Yeah. So I still need more from him. As I said, two cross balls in the second half, it's not enough from him. Because he's he'll be frustrated himself. There's no doubt about it. Because he'll he'll have high standards and demands. But you need to have more for your your top players. When you look at London Dykes and how at times he was isolated up front. Yeah. Now we're at Hamden. We're at home. We're playing Israel. They're the worst team in the group. Mm-hmm. What? Why are we not getting players up and support for for London Dykes? Why are we not creating chances against a team like Israel? The penalty was a gift, wasn't it? Yeah. And and mm. and. On the back of that, just before half time, and so you're expecting at the start of the second half, Scotland really to kick on from there. Right, we've got the goal, we're ahead, let's put this to bed now. Even making a change sooner, Rob, I thought, no. See, in the second half, I thought Israel are getting a, a right control of this game. And they did. But yeah. 30 minutes to go, mm. you know, and, and I thought, get Armstrong, get mm-hmm. Fleck on, you know, that bit of urgency. Fleck and Armstrong are the type, as Barry said, with Callum McGregor. Mm. On the night, Callum McGregor was in the den, I agree, he was going back. I thought Jack was the same back, sideways. Go and take them off. Bring Fleck and Armstrong and say to them, great list lads, we need to get up the pitch. Can we get you on the ball and can you drive forward with the ball? Can we get up the, to Dykes and then can we go and play off them? Mm. And then we take Dykes off, who, who's playing quite well. It just kind of, I didn't see the reasoning behind that where other guys stayed on the pitch. That'll be the frustrating thing for the manager, but you, you're 1-0 up. You're in control of the game. They, they really sat in. So we've got to keep the ball better. We've got to move the ball. We've got to manipulate the ball and, side and to side. Qu- and do it quicker. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was too pedestrian at times okay. and I'm talking about yeah. moving the ball one and two three touch maximum if we do that 
then one of their players might come out of their position and then we can find the, the McGinn's and the Christie's in mm-hmm. on the half turn yeah. in areas where they're going to hurt players Finlay what's your prediction tonight tonight oh. I don't know an honest one 1-0 one 1-0 one one you think one ok who's up next it's Owen has called in Owen good evening uh, how you doing? Yeah, Hi, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. So, you got questions for uh, Barry and Sai? Yeah, I do. I've got just one quick one for right. both of them. Okay. Um, who were the best players when you were coming through that you were surprised never made it, obviously, respectively, at each old firm site? Wow. Right. Sai? I've said Aidan yeah. McGeady was mm-hmm. honestly like, I thought I was a good player and then I came through to Glasgow and I seen Aiden play and I, and I remember phoning my mum and said I may as well get the Megabus back in because Honestly. he is miles ahead <laughs> of everyone else. <laughs> Honestly, Aiden was like, we were in awe, mate. He was only a cut year old and all, but it was uh-huh. like, his name was spoke about he was going to go to Man United. Everyone was after him. Um, Should we not save this for half six when he's <laughs> on? <laughs> I know, I'm bumming him up too much. Yeah. And then and then um, other ones, Rocco Quinn. Should have done better. Oh, yeah, yeah Big Rocco, Rocco was yeah. good. He met Rocco had everything. Yeah. He was six foot two. He was a monster. He could run with the ball. It uh, just never worked out for him. So, went to Kilmarnock. Yeah, he went yeah. to Kilmarnock and, and Ross, County Ross County and stuff County. like that. So yeah. Rocco would be the one for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I've I would have to say Alan McGregor. Um, we were under 18s and he was playing with us. I think he was just coming up and 15 year old and you seen the potential in him. He's always at an age he was smaller. Obviously, he would, he would grow, but you you seen the potential in him. And one thing that I loved about Alan McGregor, he had to go and do it the hard way. He went out alone to Dunfermline, he went out to St Johnson, and he'd done it the hard way. Um, to go and get games, get that experience, and he's come back. And for me, he's he's been the best goalkeeper that um, I've played with. And being at five nights a week as well, fair play. <laughs> yeah, four, well, four <laughs> nights. Four. Who did he learn from? Was he Kloss? Was Kloss there? Yep, yep. Stefan. Yep. Stefan Kloss mm. was probably the one that he trained every day and yep. probably got the, the What a the keeper tips. as well, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was yep. fantastic. The only, the only downside to Stefan Kloss was he, he couldn't kick the ball. Um, but in terms of yep. saving the, the mm-hmm. ball and being a real leader on mm-hmm. the pitch, he, he was fantastic. But Alan McGregor had huge potential and Thankfully, he's went on to fulfil that. Another one I said it was John mm. Kennedy. John Kennedy yeah. could have mm. been top. He, How tragic was that, wasn't it? You know, oh. the international friendly yeah. gets an injury. And, I think Liverpool yeah. were watching him that night as well. I think Liverpool were ready to make a bid for him. But yeah. I remember watching, we used to have to ball boy for the first team because we were a bit younger than John Kennedy. And the younger boys used to be scared of likes of Sutton and that. But Big John would be rolling about with Sutton, Hearts, and was he? Uh, he was just giving them it right back. And <laughs> he could ping the ball with two feet. He wasn't just a tackler as well. John Kennedy would have been a top player. Do you play well I'm against him, Barry? Uh, Played against him, you could, you could see the potential. It's just sad the way it ended yeah. for him. Yep. Yeah, you know what I mean. That uh, who was it against Scotland? It was was it Romania? Romania, yeah, the Wolves guy, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think it was Romania. Um, it was sad the way it happened. Again, I think he would have been on to be a, a mainstay at, uh, in the middle of the Scotland defence. No doubt about that. He's really well, high, re- highly rated yeah. as a coach, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Everyone I speak to, Rob says he's top. Yeah. I think Brendan Rodgers tried to take him to Leicester City. That kind of tells you. How highly he rates him, but um, and so the, the mark of him as well is when he had a testimonial, despite the fact his career was cut short, he yeah. donated the money to yeah. charities. Remember the, the international children's? Yeah, I think he did. Time. He did. But he want, I know he wants to be a manager. Yeah. I think he uh, got offered the Hibs job. I think he was yeah. close yeah. to taking okay. that. Yeah. He could be a future future Celtic manager. Yeah, I think him and yeah. Sean Maloney are, are really close. So I think a wee managerial partnership there. Yeah. Can you believe that's the first hour gone already? Oh, and thanks very much. That's some great questions no there, Owen, and you'll hear Aidan McGeady in half an hour from now. We'll build up to the Scotland match as well. Kick off seven forty-five, but we'll have the team news soon. The Bull Radio Football Show. Second hour of the programme, Mark Warburton was on in the first and some good stuff from him, Rob. He was, yeah. Very interesting indeed. Uh, talking about his uh, the time he left Rangers and, uh, well, he's still not happy about it, is he? 
He's not indeed. The countdown is on for the Czech Republic against Scotland. Great uncertainty for because of COVID. It's a completely different lineup for the Czech Republic side. And for Scotland, we're still waiting to find out what their starting eleven is. Sorry to put you off subject there. You yeah. know, Mark Bur- Warburton's only trophy at Rangers, Petrified Cup. I played us in the final. You played you in the final? I beat Peter Head 5 oh, Of course. What a day that oh, was, yeah. mate. Oh my right. God. I think I got about three touches of the ball. And see what Barry says. One of the best performances I've had against is they absolutely popped the ball, but they had all the mad rotations and, and they could play football. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. That, that, is, that is one thing when, when he was at Rangers, they did get Have the an ball identity out. Down uh, they, they got the ball out for the back and, and uh, played a certain way. And uh, one of the things is when I, I seen him, when I seen Mark Warburton's teams, you did enjoy watching. Watch, just at times there wasn't that, that finishing touch with a, with a goal at the end of it. But listen, I thought he'd done a. He'd done a fine job when he was up here. Yeah. There's a competition that won't live long in the memory of the Petrofac. Oh, well. well but you it? played in the final. There you go. Yeah. Uh, How did final. you play? I was yeah. hopeless. <laughs> I, never, mate, I never got a touch of the boy. They were they were very good. They were very good, man. Who but, were you playing against? Uh, I was up against the boy Don Ball. He was decent. Oh, yeah. We saw on the programme uh-huh. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Was he on the ball? Uh-huh. Was he on the yeah, programme? Was he right? Yeah. Uh, but we, yeah. we, I think we touched the ball about five times. Eh? Really? It could yeah. have been about ten. Uh-huh. All right. If you want to speak to Cy Ferry, Barry Ferguson, Rob McLean, 0808 17 17 700. Text us if you like. Go and your message to 87474. And we're on the socials at Go Football Show. And uh, plenty coming in. Right. Next, we're going to speak to another former Celtic captain, Scotland captain. It's Stephen McManus on the line. Good evening, Stephen. Good evening guys, how are we doing? Yeah, Mike, alright mate? Alright yeah. Mike? I'm good, yes. Good, good thanks. Mate. For those who don't know, for the younger listeners, uh, <laughs> Stephen, I, I think you got that nickname because it was a wrestler, wasn't it? Before your time, Mick McManus, and they knew you at Scotland. And, uh, you used yeah. to wrestle me a few times on that pitch. <laughs> Stephen, some oh, good did, battles with Barry Ferguson. Did you just need yeah. to go into the, yeah. the referee's room no, together before know. a game? Yeah. I don't know. Is they, that we, we never spoke to each other before yeah. the game, but after the game, there was, like, Mick will tell you, like, Leading up to it, there was plenty of respect, but when you cross that white line, the, the respect went out the window and we, we had a few ding-dongs, Mick, didn't we? <laughs> I absolutely. That wasn't it. Certainly in our day when there was a lot of Scottish players, you know, when you met up in Scotland, there was, there was 50 touched on there, a lot of respect for each other because you're going through the same thing. Uh, but as soon as the game started, both of were 1-1, and then after the game, you be, like again, you had a lot of respect for each other, and it was the same with our boys as the Rangers boys. So... No, all good, all good. And then, like I say, we ended up playing in the, in the star fixes recently, which was great. So uh, it's nice to roll back the years. Yep, but you're still very much involved, the Celtic under-18s. But what about Scotland then, Stephen? When you watched it on Friday night, what did you think about the line-up and the way we, the way we played and the result? Well, listen, I think that, that like you say, there is... Oh, the line's just gone at that point. Hopefully it'll come back in a moment or two. Um... Chris, we're just trying to get Stephen there. The line has gone. That's what everyone... I was going to ask him, what does he think at the back uh, for Scotland? Because that's where he, he played and where you played against him. Well, we'll get, we'll get yep. the team one in about half an hour, probably. Mm-hmm. I, I would think we'll get the team. Barry, of course, uh, selected the team accurately. He was in uh, on the Steve Clark wavelength uh, for Friday's selection. But it's going to be interesting. I was going to ask you, I mean, back four, would you... Would you would you just change almost for the sake of, of changing tonight? Is that a possibility, do you think, a back four? It is a possibility. As I said, I don't think the back three were the, the, the problem. I think if if Cooper from Leeds yeah. was fit and had been playing, I think he would have come in and, and certainly played instead of McTominay. Um, but I, 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 it's easy to blame the formation, Rob, when the, a result goes against you. Um, I think there was, there was a few positives. The only negatives was that the top players 
didn't play at the top of their game mm-hmm. that that was only negative for me but listen as, as professionals that happens at times and the best way to put that that right is get a result tonight and get a good performance Stephen McManus is that how you saw it? I think so you know I, I'm the same as what, as, as what Barry and no doubt the guys are saying as well that I think the system the system takes a bit of time to get used to and Steve Clark at international level you don't get a lot of time to bed different systems in but the players are used to playing whatever system that they'll play top players can adapt to it and and on the night I just felt as if we're, we're top players never never performed at the level that they should have um, it's great to see Kieran Tierney back in I must admit because for somebody the quality he's got I think the system could work uh, long term and it's um, again Lyndon Dykes will be, will be over the moon with his debut and I think it's good to have a presence up top that can bring other people into play but also kind of threaten in behind and, 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 and Lyndon will definitely give you that Mick, do you think could play in a back four, left centre half? I think he could, Fergie, absolutely, no no doubt. I think the most important thing is the two of them playing in the, te- in the team. I, I, I really do. I agree. The, the, the two of them are top, top players. Um, and whether it's, whether it's a, I think going forward, a back three is when you come up against top opposition, you're, it's, it, it, it can have a negative effect on you as well, but. I've no doubt that, that KT could play as, as at left centre back, um, yeah, back four. So, um, but for me, that you need to just make sure the two of them are in the team and find a system that, that does suit everybody else. But I think it needs time as well. Steve Clark needs time. He needs time. I think for too long we've, we've, we've chopped and changed. And he's a top manager, top coach, and and, and let's just ride it out and see how it goes. It was all pretty disappointing, though, wasn't it? Friday night in terms of. Uh... The, the pressure we were able to put on Israel defensively, uh, Stephen, it was all pretty deflating, wasn't it? Because when you looked, whatever the formation, when you looked at the quality of players in the team, you expected a whole lot more than that, didn't yeah, you? Especially when you can see how how well the players are playing at club level. You know, when you look at Ryan Christie, John McGinn's obviously going to get his season up back and running. And we've got an abundance of, of midfield players of real quality. And it was similar to your day as well when you had when Fergie played, when Fletch played, you've, in midfield you were always very strong. Um, but any time you play for Scotland, you need your big players to turn up and show. And, and it's difficult to create opportunities at a national level. And I just felt on the night that our top players never played to the level that, that they usually do for their clubs. Mick, it's Sai. Ferry. Sai, how are you, mate? You well? I'm, I'm good, mate. You alright? You seem to be everywhere. I'm so busy, man. I hate myself. I hate myself for it. Believe honestly, me. Honestly, <laughs> Mike, he's, he's a pest. He's a pest to work with, Mike. Honestly, honestly, there's about five times players. Mike, I want to ask you this because you're coaching now as well. I feel like it's happened. Yeah. Do you think the game's changed, mate? I think. I think back to the days when Gordon Strachan was your manager. It was all about getting the ball in the front two as early as you could. Get the ball at your strikers and go and play off them. But but now for me, mate, it just seems like a big game of possession. Obviously, you're coaching now. Would you agree with that? Would you yeah. disagree? No, I think the game's evolving all the time. It's still it goes in. I think the game goes in cycles. I still think the hardest the hardest thing to do is to play against two centre forwards. Whether yeah. it's whether it's somebody that that that, that, that plays off a, a bigger centre forward. Whether it's two two guys that like to link the way uh, York and Cole used to. It's but it's. Uh, we speak a lot, but not if like not if using that kind of forward pass. You want to get the ball forward as quickly as you possibly can. You want to create chances, um, because ultimately that's the hardest thing to do in the game is to is to finish them off and score goals. Having loads of possession is it going to win you games? I don't think so. Um, 
I think at international level you definitely need to, you need to keep the ball better than what we did. Certainly that was one thing that we kind of struggled with. Um, we never kept the ball as, as, as well as the opposition uh, at times, but we always carried a threat with goals in midfield, with goals up top, and mm-hmm. and I think probably since Kenny's retired with Scotland, we've kind of missed that kind of focal point that somebody can that can bring that sparkle up top. Mm-hmm. Mike, good standard coming through it. Under 18 level at Celtic or like throughout the, the league, not just Celtic, but obviously you'll be playing against teams um, last season. What's the standard Absolutely. like with the young kids? It's very good throughout ourselves. We've got a lot of good young players. Like I say, I moved up to, to, to the reserve level uh, uh, last summer, um, which is great. But we've got a lot of talented boys. We've got a lot of five or six up with the first team just now. Likewise, Rangers have got a lot of talented young players. Aberdeen, Motherwell. Kilmarnock, there's a loads and loads of young talented players. You just hope that that, that what's happening just now, there's, there's, with, I think there's going to be a drop um, with the COVID situation for our game. Whether it's in young players struggling to get clubs, which I think is going to be a real shame. But hopefully, with, with every negative, there comes a positive, and I'm, I'm hoping that the positive is there's a lot of young players that get an opportunity. Certainly, our players, we've got five or six that are up training the first team just now, which is terrific. Um, I, I think young players they're only going to get an opportunity when they're under the, the manager's eye on a daily basis because young players as you guys know they're inconsistent they're very inconsistent I'm still inconsistent Mick I absolutely but that's say, listen, you know even what it's like coming through at Celtic back then as well if you could find that level of consistency it gave you that belief and if you can earn the manager's trust then he'll put you in yeah. but there's a lot of talented young players I think we, we just need to get they need an opportunity to flourish I'm a big believer in the Colts I think that's the best way forward to expose young players yeah. in a, a competitive environment as quickly as we possibly can um, that's just my personal yeah. opinion on it How um, good uh, How could he, uh, good can Dembele be Mick? It can be very good I mean there's a lot of young players that, that, that are players like I said but um, he's got a long way to go he's got a long way to develop I think it's important that it doesn't put, people don't put too much pressure on him um, that's what I will say with the, with the social media aspect of things now there's a, you're exposing these young players um, at such an early stage without them actually having earned anything yeah. with regards to first team exposure through themselves it's, everybody seems to know about these young players before they've actually played in the first team um, consistently um, and that comes with a pressure that these young boys need to handle. Mike, it's a good point you make about about the Colts. Um, I agree with you. Not just Rangers and Celtic. I'm sure like yeah, Aberdeen absolutely. and Dundee yeah. United. I think it's important for these young young guys, maybe 17, 18, 19, getting out and getting the experiences of playing against like men and the experience yeah. of losing games, winning games. Um, I totally agree with you. I, I was I was surprised that. Like during obviously COVID nineteen with reconstruction that nothing happened with that. So hopefully in yep. the future, I'm I'm hopeful that it can um, it can happen. And I think you'll see more and more young kids now, if that does happen, play later Absolutely. on in their first teams. Absolutely, Fergie. You know, we listen. We spoke about it at great length when we were when we were away with the with the staff sixties and young players need to be secure and safe in the environment that they're playing in so if that's under our stewardship of the reserve coaches at, at Celtic at Rangers at Mullow or Aberdeen because they're going to they're going to be inconsistent they're going to play on a Saturday at 3 o'clock and they'll, for the first couple of times that they'll do it they'll, they'll, they'll get surprised at how good the quality and the standard is the physicality of the game but they'll make mistakes so sometimes what you find is when they then go on loan they're compl- it's throwing them completely out 
what they're kind of used to and, and, and the manager might lose the game he's under extreme pressure to stay in a job which I can totally understand so that he might think listen it's too much for the young player so they take him out of the team for the next week the team then might win and before you know it, that young player he might go five, six, seven, eight games out of the team then he might get back in whereas if he's under the stewardship of the coaches that know him the best but they're still getting exposed to playing against men that's the most important thing for me Ex- get them exposed at a young age playing against men in a competitive environment I think it's 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 the best way to develop our young players Stephen I've got a pub question for you it's Rob here are you ready oh, you're in the mastermind I'm, chair are you ready ok I'm ready what happened I, I could do some music in the background but we, we can't afford it um, what happened <laughs> 10 years ago tonight wow. I have no idea wow. he sprung that on us you've sprung okay. that on me as well uh, ha- I'll give you a clue it was a football match and I think you could possibly take us to the 97th minute. Oh, okay. oh was that Scotland. right? Was that a Lichens thing? It was. Scotland, Ten yeah. years ago yeah, tonight. I it, thought you were going to say I get sent off against Iceland. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know that uh, obviously humility, humility <laughs> prevents you giving us a major description of the goal, but you can do it anyway. <laughs> no, listen, it was a brilliant night. It must have been... Um, Anything you've got to play for this country was, was a tremendous honour. They score that night was terrific. And, um, so I, I great memories, just can't great. believe how long ago it was. 26 caps for Scotland. Stephen, what's going to happen tonight? What's your prediction? I'm hoping that it's going to be a comfortable performance and, and, a, and a strong victory and get a bit of positivity back behind the country. Right, is Mick going to be a manager? Mick, do you want to be a manager? Can I be your kit man if you do? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know. A thoughts up between you and Slaney, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, Stephen McManus. Thanks very much for joining us in Go Radio tonight. Cheers. No worries, guys. Cheers, Mike. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers. Mike. Bye. Bye. Former Scotland Celtic captain and the reserve team coach now, Stephen McManus. That was good. Good fact. When you said 97th minute, I thought, yeah, his goal. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was struggling to get it, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Considering he's modest. Yeah, this is one and only Scotland goal. Right. What a night. Who's up next? It's Megan's got a question for Barry. I think. Megan, good evening. Hello. Oh, hello. Whoa. Hi. Hi, Megan. <laughs> right, Megan, Hi. you're straight through to Barry. Yep. Thank you. Yep, what's your question? My question is, um, what would Barry do um, in his career when, after he's a football player? Uh, what did you want to do after? What was your see when you knew you were finishing? Then Barry, was it management which you're now in at Kelty, or was it punditry which you've done as well? Just to yeah. work with Sai Ferry. The <laughs> <laughs> dreams came true. Honest with you, and it makes you even better. Like the two granddads, uh, oh, hey, hey. Jack and Victor. Aren't it? <laughs> That's it, yeah. No, look when I came out of, of playing, um, I started actually my coaching badges when I was thirty. Just went on thirty-one. Um, I started that long process and. To go through the process of your B licence, A licence, then on to your pro licence, it probably takes about six or seven years. So I was always interested in coaching. Um, I'm right into the the kind of um, tactical side of, of football. So it was natural that I wanted to go in. I, I didn't want to go in full time, if I'm being honest Did with you. Did you not? No. no Why no, Barry? Just because I had been basically in it for 25 years, been away for the family, and mm. I wanted to spend a bit more time, maybe a bit of free time, my time. Um, so I'm enjoying what I'm doing, the media side in here with you guys and I'm happy doing the coaching two nights a week and, Do you and think preparing see, for the game. See, just on that, too, see, see somebody like you, I think full time would suit you better. Every day getting your message I'm across. I'm too intense. 
I wouldn't have a but life. It's Klopp and Guardiola, eh? I know, but I was like that for 25 years, so it's good to come out of that. And Would you go back amazing. eventually? Could you be persuaded, do you think, further down the line to go back on a full-time basis into football? Yeah, maybe further further down the line. Um, but th- that was my thing behind it, just to go in part-time and, and keep my, my finger on the pulse in terms of doing a bit of coaching. I love coaching. Honestly, even at the level that I'm at, we've got a lot of good players. I always say, until I retired at 37, say si, I never stopped learning. I was learning every day, and I say that to the players because um, I, I just I love being on the training field. I love being out with the guys, whether it's windy, raining, or a nice day. It's great to be out in that field. And what's and the hardest? Your- sorry, what's the hardest part? Letting players down, picking a, a starting eleven, mm-hmm. um, but you've got to be honest. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm honest. I'll give a, I don't give an expl- an explanation before the game. I'll put the team up, and if a player wants to come and see me after it or the next training night, fine. My door's wide open. Um, I don't get the point where you need to bring somebody in half an hour before the game and mm-hmm. say you're not starting. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to earn the right to start a game, and mm-hmm. that's train well. And I say to my players every time. And I was like, as a player, say si, you've got to train the way you play on a Saturday, mm-hmm. or you're not preparing right. That's a hard, that's a hard bit of part time. Boys have been working all day, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and they need to yeah. come in and give hundred percent. It's trying to get them motivated yeah. to, to train at the. the but you've got to make, play, I mean, you've yeah. got to change it a wee bit. You've got to make training um, a bit more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying it's coming in and it's just a laugh, yeah. but you've got to be the smile, the smile on your face. Yeah, yeah. but you've got to be aware of the fact, uh, yeah. Paul, that there's. They're working 12-hour shifts Of course these yeah. guys yeah. Um, This is only a two-hour shift for me But it feels like a 12-hour shift <laughs> <laughs> Megan I think wanted to ask you as well Megan I think you were a huge fan Of the great manager Walter Smith Is that what you were also thinking for Barry? Yeah Yes I was Yeah What did you learn from Walter In 30 seconds? How could you uh, Before we go to the break Discipline Yeah mm-hmm. Discipline was the biggest thing Um Fantastic manager, just need to see the trophies he won. Um, but what an apprenticeship it was under uh, Walter Smith and Archie Knox. It's interesting what you said, though, that you didn't want to be your intense, your intense person that took you to t- the top of the game. And when we talked about Mikel Arteta a few weeks ago, that you played alongside the two of you, amazing players, and you, you're at, you know, at a level Kelty Hearts just now, which is where you want to be. Mm. And there's Mikel at Arsenal. And I did think about it, you're, you know. But I hear yeah, from I've you had that, opportunities to yeah, go in full time, realize, yeah. all of them. But yeah. I've had five or six opportunities, but they've not yeah. been the right opportunity. Uh-huh. As I say, I'm enjoying doing the media side um, a couple yeah. of nights. I'm and enjoying being on the training field a couple of nights. And having a life. And having yeah. a life, basically. But listen, at some stage, if the right thing comes along, mm-hmm. I would need to consider it. Because it's relentless, isn't it? If you're the manager As, of a major. Even just now. Yeah. Even just now, I'm, I'm 24 7 making sure yeah. training's prepared. Uh-huh. Yep. See, your standards, Barry, do you think it would suit a higher class of player? No disrespect for boys like myself and Kelly boys yeah. who are at a lower level. Right, see, on that, we're going to answer it after the break. The Bull Radio Football Show. Paul Cooney and the gang, absolutely delighted to be with you every night of the week, Monday to Friday, the Go Radio Football Show. You can call 0808 17 17 700, text GO and your message to 87474. And we're on the socials at Go Football Show. We're going to have the Scotland team in a moment or two. Rob is just getting the news first. You heard that there about the lockdown continuing then and, and expanding to Eastern Bartonshire and Renfrewshire. So more from Nancy on the news at 7 o'clock on Glasgow's own. 
Right, so Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry. Cy, you had a good question for Barry just before the break. Uh, yeah, so when you first got <laughs> you the Clyde, was when you first got the, you first got the Clyde job, I, I actually couldn't believe it. You took that job because I just thought that your standards would work better with a Premier League player, higher standard of player. Well, that's one of the the lessons I've learned yeah. that you can't have the same demands. You've got to respect for the level you're at. And when I went into that job, that's where I went wrong. Um, now I'm a bit more obviously more experienced and I realise that you need to come off them a wee bit and there's, there's certain things that I had to change as I says it's the same as a player side. Yeah. You, you never stop learning you never stop learning I'm, a, I'm still a young manager um, and that's some of the mistakes I made um, and that's where it went wrong and I took what was it 15 months out went and visited quite a lot of clubs spoke to a lot of managers ex-managers and that's one of the things that I, I've changed since I've been back the last 18 months. Because you were intense. I interviewed Lee McCulloch. I was mm-hmm. always in, I, I've always been intense. I love this story. Uh, thought Lee McCulloch said that <laughs> he, uh, he said so, some days I'd be, I used to travel in with Barry Ferguson. He said, and uh, some days we'd get in the motor after training and I'd be talking to Barry for about five minutes. And I'm thinking, he's not giving me much back here. And, and, he, and Lee McCulloch would go, like, What's up with you? And he says, Why did you not pass me that ball in training today? Still living well, two, <laughs> two hours after training had finished. One pass in training, and that's it. You're not happy. Yeah. Listen, you've got to take it serious. Yeah. If you don't take it serious, as I said, you've got to try try yeah. and train the way you want to play on a Saturday. And it's the same as coaching. If I if I don't prepare right the Tuesday and the Thursday, the boys have got an excuse if the result goes wrong. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. So I've got to make sure every detail spot on. And I give the coaches responsibility. And I need to make sure that they're spot on. If they're not spot on, I'll, I'll go through them. So is Ranton and Raven gone now? Do you not do that anymore? No, it happened in three or four occasions last season. Yeah, I still think there's a place yeah. for it if the boys are are not playing at a level that you expect. Um, but it's, you've got to calm down a wee bit. You know the game's changed, Si. Yeah. Okay, Si, top of the bill is coming on. Aidan McGeady in a second or two. Rob, you just give us a yeah. taste. You've got the team some yeah. changes. Yeah. Five five changes to the Scotland team, which drew with Israel on Friday night. And the headline is, well, Stevie Clark has uh, solved his Tierney and Robertson problem because he's left out Kieran Tierney tonight. He is on the bench. Wow. Now, uh, there may be an injury issue there, but he is listed among the subs, which makes you assume that that is not the case. So five changes uh, incoming. John Fleck, Liam Cooper, Stuart Armstrong speaking lots about him earlier on. Kenny McLean starts and Liam Palmer uh, starts as well. Now, my first uh, thought uh, about that uh, collection of names is that it's going to be a back four tonight. So Palmer, Cooper, McKenna and Robertson uh, as a back four for Scotland. McTominay, Fleck and McLean, Armstrong, Christie, Dykes. Yeah, the one thing I like about it, as you say, Rob, I think if you look through that team, every single player is playing in the position that they play for their clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they'll be a lot more comfortable there. You know, and I was going to make a play earlier for managers, Barry. See, players, I know Mick says that top players can adapt, but, but believe me, players hate playing at position. You're a top player. See, somebody come and say to you, go and play wide right tonight, John McGinn. You played centre midfield every week for Rangers, Scotland, you're going to go and play wide in a number 10 position there. How, how, you'd be raging, wouldn't no, you? you? You wouldn't be happy. Yeah. You, you wouldn't be happy. You, you would have to go out and. and Give it your best, yeah. but you would you would go out with that bit in your head. Listen, I don't really want to play there. I want to play in the, the position. Um, but he's made a few calls tonight. Yeah, um, yep. I mean the, the the players the players left out Tierney, yep. McGinn, McGregor, Forrest, and Ryan Jack. A lot of quality. Mm. A lot of quality. And that underlines how good the squad is as well, yeah. doesn't it? It shows okay. you how strong the squad is. Um, so look, he's a manager that 
I think he's a good manager, there's no doubt. Um, I like him, I like the way he comes across and it looks to me if he's no scared to make a decision and he's mm-hmm. obviously not been happy with some of the things that went on on Friday and he's made five changes. More on that in a moment. Sai, you were asked about 20 minutes ago the best young player that you identified years ago and you said... Uh, Ryan McCaffrey. <laughs> is Aidan on the line there? Aiden, Aiden McGeady is on the line. Aiden, good evening. Thanks for phoning. Uh, no, I, I don't I've, know. I've no phone. Yeah, called we me. called you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wasn't, wasn't, wasn't going to pay for the no, call, no, was he? No. That, that's that's yeah. why you tried to kick Aiden on the football. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Aiden, did Fer- you and Fergie ever give each other a bit? Uh, a couple of times, I remember a couple of old games, old fun games, but you were normally quite serious on the park, weren't you, Fergie? Mm-hmm. I, I, I was serious. Fergie. I think I've only met you once. I think uh, I've only met you once. And I, see if you can remember this. We were in Dubai and you were on holiday, and I think you were sitting with your family having food. And I've like walked in with Daniel. I was on holiday with him, and you were sitting there facing us. And I was like, oh, I need. To. You know, it's one of those awkward ones where you mm-hmm. need to kind of. You're sitting down, they want to speak to us, and I was like, oh, I can't need to go across and say hi. Went across and I said, hey, Barry, how you doing? And you're like, good. One more dance with me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I did I was say... Like, oh, any awkward pills? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can ask you guys. I did say one I thing did. about when yeah. when Aidan got named in a, a Celtic team is he's one of the, the ones that you identified you had to try and stop because mm. a bonus with you on his, on his day, he could win a game of football. Mm. So that's why I had a few kicks at you. But you're both, no, uh, no. both Ballville and Hamilton now, so we pint together. Yeah, you're right, listen. <laughs> Nothing up with that. Ah, listen, I'm, 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 I'm that naked originally as well. So yeah. as long as you're fine. Because yeah. <laughs> Aidan, we asked him beforehand, and you told me basically the same story. Barry said the same thing. Do you know what? We never met really. Uh, maybe that one time, but the respect uh, that you had for each other, uh, and you still oh, have. Listen, yeah. Barry was obviously a, yeah. a top player for Rangers, and obviously loads of respect. And you always, you always do for for each player that you, you kinda of play against, but it's it's always funny when you're a Celtic player and a Rangers player. You meet the odd you meet the odd time and nights out and stuff like that. But everyone's always quite civil to each other. Of course. Yeah. Aiden, you, know, saw, you have that yeah. respect for each other, sorry. Sorry, I saw you out uh, pounding the roads over the early part of the summer. What's happening with uh-huh. you for this season? Obviously you still signed with Sunderland. Oh. But uh, oh, yeah, so I'm at Sunderland just now. I've got another year in my contract but currently I'm Don't sound too excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Currently, I'm in the bomb squad, so uh, <laughs> I think we've all been there before. I'm in the bomb squad, so I'm not training at two o'clock every day. I'm, uh, it's a hard one for me because I've come back from being on loan, mm-hmm. and uh, there's talk of the club being taken over. There's a lot of different things, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of sitting here thinking, oh, I want another chance mm-hmm. because, you know, it's, it's a funny one. I can't say too much about it because yeah. I'm still employed by the club. I'm still contracted to the club, yeah. but uh, the truth always comes out, and then you know, whatever people think happened between me and the manager mm-hmm. I Did think you... it was just me and a football decision but uh, it's a funny one because I've still got another year left on my deal and I want to play for Sunderland mm-hmm. I've, I've made it as clear as that If you did leave Edmund would you come back up the road? I don't know I don't know it's, uh, it's a hard one I mean I've, obviously there's been talk before and been a little, a little bit of talk before I think in January when, when uh, obviously Jack Ross went to Hibs about me possibly going to Hibs. There was a lot of talk about that. I've had a few messages about it and stuff, but honestly, I don't know. Maybe if Lenny gets in touch, then I might aye, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think that ship sailed. But, you, uh, you nearly went back, did you know? Was it Rogers? Nearly? No, it was, it was, under, it was under Ronnie Dyler, but at that time I was at Everton. It was, at that time I was at Everton, and I kept still thinking, nah, I'll give it another, 
give it another six months, I, I, I'm going to play here. I kept being sold the world by Roberto Martinez, thinking I was going to play. And kind of as, as every transfer window passed, I kept kind of turning it down, thinking, no, I'm still going to play down here. I still want to give it a chance. And then I think when Rogers took over, he just went a different route, to be honest with you. So uh, probably my own fault. But I think at that point, I was probably a bit too young to maybe go back up. Uh, but I suppose you, you live and learn in football, don't you? Aidan, when they heard you were on tonight, a lot of people called in. Here's one of them who wants to speak to you. Ryan's on the line. Hello, Ryan. Hello, how are you doing? Right, you're through to Aidan. Hi. Hello, Aidan. What club would you like to come back to if you were to come back to the SPL? Please be St. Johnson. (laughs) 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 Listen, to be honest with you, obviously my first choice would be Celtic, but like I said, I think that's... uh, I think that... That time my career's passed, to be honest with you, but... uh, at my age, you, you can't, you can't, you can't be fussy and say I turned down this, I turned down that. But St. Johnson, yeah. like you said, I, prob- I probably never get a bad reception there. But uh, most other SPL teams, I get, I get booed every, every time I went to park. So there's a couple I might not want to go. To. How much well, longer? Say, how, how much longer do you think you could play, Aidan? Honestly, um, I've was 34 in April, and I think I played in the championship at the end of last season. And I was in a, I was in a team that we obviously ended up getting relegated, and it wasn't it wasn't a strong team, good set of lads and stuff. But when I was back there, I was thinking this this could easily play another, depending on how your body holds up. But at my age, just now, I actually feel great. I don't think I've lost any. You've probably lost a little bit of speed, but not to the extent where I go. I'm slow. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I honestly feel I could play probably another four or five years. But whether someone employs you for another four or five years is a different story, isn't it? Aidan, you were at Chilton under Lee Boyer. He was an ex teammate uh, of mine. How did you how uh, did you find Bo? He was quite he was quite funny. I thought like he was because obviously I don't know what was he like as a guy off the park. I mean, he seems like a kind of one of the lads from what you hear. No, he has. He was he was brilliant on the pitch. He was a he was a nappy sweetie. Um, I'll be honest with you, right. but off the pitch, no great guy. I got on I got on brilliant with him. It was just interesting to see what he was like as a as a manager. He was he was good. I mean, when I first went down there, it was I joined in the last day of the transfer window, and I think I was just kind of brought in as like a, another body because I think they were struggling under a transfer embargo, and from then until probably lockdown, I hardly played. But then when we came back after lockdown, I think he maybe realised, oh, he's not a bad player actually. So I played most of the remaining games, but as a manager, he's totally different from what I expected. Mm-hmm. He was he was dead calm. I mean, you obviously see what he was like on the park, and obviously the. The kind of the bust up we had with uh, Kieran Dyer, and you hear different things, but he was he was good. I thought he was good. A good guy as well. Not not really got a bad word to say about him, but and also uh, a bit old school because saying he was quite calm, he still had that uh, he still had that switch in him. Mm-hmm. Where I've I've not seen off a manager for like ten years. You know the way footballers now. You don't really see managers going through players anymore, do you? Do you like that? Do you like that, Eden? Do you like the way it's gone? Hundred percent, hundred percent, because. If you don't tell them, they just if you don't tell them, they just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of my viewpoint on it. And there's a lot of things that get brushed under the carpet. A lot of things are generalised now. When a manager will come in and say, "Oh, you know, we could have done better. We could have done this better," but not actually pinpoint what was wrong or who done what wrong. Mm-hmm. He came in at half time one game and absolutely dismantled the centre forward we had <laughs> to the point where I thought he was going to start crying. <laughs> and that, some of the lads were like shocked, and I was like, "Actually, I thought that was actually quite good." Because the second half, I went out and actually thought, I said to him at half time, I was like, go out and prove him wrong. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I need to try, man. But I can't believe he just went through me there. And I was like, mm-hmm. he, he, was, he was good. Uh, he was very fair as well, I thought, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. 
I agree with Matt. I still think there's a place for yeah. that if a player's no producing. Yeah. I don't mind a manager coming in and having a pop at me. I, I, I would do what Aidan just said. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, listen, see in the second half, I'm going to go and prove I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's missing now, I think. Does it modern, depend on who the player is and how he, how he's going to take that it? Has, that's went out. That, that's went out. Of the no, game it's, definitely, really uh, it's definitely went out the game. Uh, what are you saying there, Rob? I'm, I'm saying, yeah. does it depend on who the, Do you have to pick the player? I mean, do you have to. Does it depend on who the player is and you know whether he's going to take it and bounce mm-hmm. back rather than crumble? Yeah, you, you, you've got to suss out what type of character a player is But if you're asking my opinion Aidan's just gave his opinion I'm, I'm sure Si would be the same If I wasn't producing on the pitch yeah. And I came in at half-time And the, the manager went right through me That didn't bother me No, that it didn't phase me I mm. used it in a positive way mm. I'd be like, right Do you know what? I've got 45 minutes to go and show him mm. That I'm a good player 100% mm. Aidan, see just on modern football yeah. as well Because this is my gripe but I, I, Obviously playing with you You would play in the hole or wide Have you ever passed you the ball mate? You'd go if you're not in me For passing it backwards and sideways How do you feel now playing in the positions For me Centre midfielders now mate Just go back and side And full backs and centre halves you find that? Oh, sorry. Honestly, man, I should have been reborn as a sitting midfielder. It's <laughs> <laughs> hard to get a touch on it. It's this, it's this role now that you, yeah. you you run to the left back and get the ball off the left back and run across and pass it to the right back. Right, yeah. And then at the end of the game, you're seeing like player ratings and it's like kept the ball ticking over well and stuff like that. And I'm like, a midfielder 10 years ago used to, used to score 10 goals a season. Yeah. yeah. It required to tackle, get forward. And now there's this, I don't know, it's actually. Yeah. Sorry, I've interrupted somebody. No, I just think it's uh, it's the, the sitting midfielder. It's that, that's probably one of my biggest my biggest gripes. The sitting midfielder role, where you, you just you actually taking up a place in the team where mm-hmm. you could just actually you, you could do that job when you're forty five. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get about the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get about the pitch a little bit, but honestly, on the ball. Well, Aidan, what did you think when you heard about uh, Shane Duffy then? You've played so many times with him mm-hmm. uh, in Ireland. What do you think of that signing for Celtic for this season? I think it's a, I think it's a really good signing. Uh, I played I played with Shane a lot. Uh, it might might be it might be slightly different because obviously Celtic will have a lot of the ball and Celtic are a bit of a possession based team at the minute. Whereas down at Brighton, it was probably they probably weren't. I know they tried to the new manager tried to implement that style, but they probably weren't. So that might take a little bit getting used to. But honestly, in the air, he is he's probably one of the best I've ever seen in there. So dominant, like defending and attacking. I mean, he's six foot four, six foot five. I think Celtic were crying out for a centre half to be honest with you, and I think a lot of the fans were saying the same thing. So I think uh, I think it's a really good signing, especially on loan as well. They're also linked to uh, the boy Dotty that you played at Charlton with, Aidan. Were they? Aye. Uh, linked today with him for Charlton. Is he any good? Uh, yeah. Aye, he's like, he's young. He's young. Got like pace to bum, like pace to bum. Open the gates a little bit at times. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, he's He's got something, you know. He's, he's probably the modern day footballer where you go, he's athletic mm. and he catches the eye. He definitely did for us last season. Sometimes it gets to the byline, he can be a little bit hit and miss, or he can be a little bit head down, but very, very quick and you know can get get the team up the park. He did that for did that for us last season. I'm actually surprised at that, to be honest with you. Although saying that, I think there was talk of Fulham coming in from in January. See, just on Jack Ross, Aidan, how good can he mm-hmm. be as a manager? Obviously, you've, you've played under some good ones. Uh, is Jack yeah. Ross up there? It's, it's difficult to say. I mean, he's, he's obviously very, very early in his managerial career. But from what I've seen of him, I really liked him. And I liked what he did and I liked what he brought. Obviously, it also helps when you, when you kind of got on well. You're always going to have that kind of 
sentiment with a manager that you that, that you got on well with. Uh, I thought at Sunderland he'd, he'd done really well under really mm-hmm. difficult circumstances and was, in my opinion, was shown the door as a, a and almost like a bit of a scapegoat because I think we were sitting fourth in the league mm-hmm. after twelve games, which it's not great, but it's not amazing, but. It was the kind of culture at the time where we had to be top of the league after five games, which, I mean, judge him, judge him by the end of the season. But uh, he went to Hibs, and obviously Hibs has started the season well. I mean, I think I think it's the sky's the limit. I mean, you, you, if, if there's little things that that, that, he, that he may be seen or done at Sunderland that he might have learned from, that he can that he can take into his new role or his, his new job and keep progressing, keep improving. Mm-hmm. Sky's the limit. I, I thought he was really good. He was really good for me, especially as well. Aidan, it's great to hear from you. We call June. We'd love to call you again. Sunderland till I die. Is there? Uh, that, yeah, I, the fans love you there. And uh, <coughs> wherever you go no, next, no. yeah, I know. Well, uh, wherever you go next, we wish you all the best. We'd love to see him back, Barry. I don't think you'd like to see him back in Scotland in the, the next season or so. Well, I don't yeah. think we'll see him. Back at Rangers. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, but listen, are you, are you getting back? Are you getting back into? Managing barrier, what? I, I might try and set a bit of listen, I think. Uh, I might keep you in mind. It's just your ways, demands. If you lower them a wee bit, we might be able to do a deal. He's waiting on Gordon Strachan well. getting a job. That's what he's waiting on. Aidan, <laughs> scoreline tonight before we go. What do you think for Scotland? What do you reckon? Uh, Scotland Hard to say the Czech Republic eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an island yeah, man. I know I'm you are. <laughs> 96 caps. Aidan, thanks very much for joining us. We'll speak to you again. Thanks a million. Hey, thanks a lot. Aidan Aiden Aiden McGeady. The Bull Radio Football Show. Ali Defoy will be with Rob McLean and Stephen Cragen tomorrow night, hopefully talking about a Scotland win against the Czech Republic. We're taking more of your calls now, 0808 17 17 700. And thanks for all your socials at Go Football Show and your text, the message Go and 87474. Rob, what's the team tonight again? Just to recap. I've got an idea for tonight. Yeah. Let's not do Flower of Scotland because that didn't go well on Friday. <laughs> so we're not going to do that tonight but there are five changes for Stevie Clark to the team which drew 1-1 at Hamden with Israel uh, for tonight's game against the second string Czech Republic. Uh, there's no Kieran Tierney in the team tonight. No John McGinn. No Callum McGregor. No James Forrest. No Ryan Jack. In come Palmer, Cooper, Fleck, McLean, Armstrong. So looking very much like Marshall and Gulls, Palmer, Cooper, McKenna and Robertson as a back four. Uh, McTominay back into the midfield with Fleck and McLean, Armstrong, Christie supporting Lyndon Dykes up front. Is it, do you reckon that's about it, Barry? Yeah, it's interesting. As I said, he's made a few changes. I, I'm looking forward to see uh, John Fleck. Um, obviously kept a, a close eye on, on his career. Um He's done really well at Coventry, then got the move to Sheffield United in the Championship and then got promoted into the Premier League with, with uh, Sheffield United and watched him last year with Ola McBurney. And John Fleck, I've got to be honest with you, was one of the, the top yeah. performers every single time yeah. I've seen Sheffield United. So he's he's waited for his time to get his chance and hopefully night the wee man will take it because he's certainly got loads of ability. McBurney says to me that Fleck's head and shoulders Sheffield United's best player. Mm-hmm. I'm that, not, that tells really? you a lot yeah that's what he, t- he wow. told me that, that John Flex not surprised I've I, I seen it in him um, it didn't he help he was hyped when, up as a kid Barry wasn't he didn't get help when he got labelled yeah. the new Scottish Wayne Rooney yeah. when he was yeah. coming through it it's too much pressure isn't definitely it? looks yeah. like him but other than that uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it's no that he he could handle the pressure the young yeah. man mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it it just didn't 
kick off for him at, at Rangers and, he, and to be fair to him he's been down uh, League One in England and he's worked his way up mm. and it's brilliant to see and as I said last season when I watched Sheffield United he stuck out like a sore thumb at times um, so delighted to see how he does tonight Armstrong we spoke about him um, been interesting to see where he plays he can get beyond the strikers so again if you look at it it shows you that we've got a strong squad with real competition for places and if you look at that bench there's a lot of decent players on that bench and so I like it for Stevie Clark doing it you know, if you're not doing it now, gone are the days where the Scotland team picks itself and it's eleven players. As we say, there's right. so much quality in there. If you're not doing it, somebody else will come in because we've got guys who are playing at a great level. And hopefully, these guys can keep the shirt now. And if they're going to do well, that they've got the shirt going into the next game. That's how it should work at a top team. Would you not have played Tierney at right back to keep him in the team? If if I going, would, if I go, would if have Kieran Tierney in the team if going to a four was mm. the thing. I don't I, think I, he likes playing right back. Though, Rob. Mm. I think he's made that clear that he doesn't want to go and play right back mm. for Scotland. Why should he? <laughs> you yeah. know, I know. Yeah. It, it, I just yeah. want him in the team. Yeah, yeah. I'd have rather them at left centre half and right back now. Mm. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you. Uh, that's the only one that I would probably look at and think, mm, why is he not? How well, how well is he playing for Arsenal? And he's not in the Scotland team. Listen, he's he's a he's twenty five million pound. I mean, I know a lot of people probably mm. sat up and th- took notice when they went down to yeah. Arsenal and think that's a lot of money. But we seen him up here for years. We seen how good a player he was. Yeah. And um, that's the only probably surprise that I've got from the team because I'm a big believer in you've got to try and get your best players on the pitch. Um, and he is certainly one of Scotland's best. I do know that he's on a programme down there, though. I, I, mm-hmm. You know, that he doesn't play too many games. I know he's been back a, a while from his injury, but I think that they run a programme that goes for like six months' time where I don't think they want him playing two games in, in three days. So, so maybe, maybe there's been a conversation. Why, yeah, maybe that's why he isn't yeah. playing. And Stevie Clark is certainly yeah. Paul entitled, isn't he, to of be course. ripping it up yeah. on the basis of what yeah. happened Friday night. He can do what he likes because yeah. apart from London Dykes and maybe one or two others, mm-hmm. um, everyone was up for getting the chop on the back of that. Yep, yeah, he, he comes across, Rob. I mean, I, I've met him a couple of times at, at golf days and he's straight yeah. and he comes across as a manager. If you're not producing on the pitch, he won't be scared to change it and he's he's shown uh, tonight with the team selection that he's made five changes mm-hmm. and he's put a team out to go and win because it's, it's an attack-minded team. There's guys who can get goals in that team and get forward. Barry, we want your scoreline and size and Rob in a few moments. Uh, we're going back onto the lines. Gav is on the line now. Gav, good evening. You're on. Hello. Hello. How are you? What's your point? Uh, um, well, I've got one quick point for the panel and yeah. one for Barry, if that's okay. Of course. So um, you go. Yeah. My first point is um, just on time wasting. Uh, I go to Ibrox every other weekend, and we're lucky to see 65 minutes due to ball going out of play, etc. And I was just wondering what your thoughts were on maybe like a basketball style of game or a futsal style of game where you have a stop clock and we, we actually get 90 minutes worth of football because we pay enough money to see 90 minutes and we only get 65. Mm. Um, and my second point is to Barry is I was wondering what his relationship is like with Glasgow Rangers at the minute because we see Kevin Thompson, we see uh, Stevie Smith, we see ex-players in the back in the background at Lovingcrans. I was just wondering if if that was something he was interested in, or if that was something that's completely shut off. I know we had the interview with Kashinia maybe mm-hmm. about assistant manager. I was just wondering where that stood. Can we go to that one first, then, Barry? In terms Rangers, of yeah, with Rangers, you. Yeah, no, yeah. Listen, I went yeah. out uh, and moan. That that was my. Uh, my own decision. Uh, 
And listen, Rangers, I'm no shy to say it, Rangers is my team. I, was, I grew up as a young kid supporting Rangers and the dream was to play with Rangers and I, I was lucky enough to do that and, and captain, captain the club to, to many trophies. Um, and it's one that I'll always keep an eye on, but I, I've went down a, a, a different route. I always keep my eye on um, the results, obviously. I keep my eye on who we're producing um, in terms of young players coming through. I know Tomo, I'm in contact with Kevin Thompson, I know he's in there, he's a very good coach and there's some decent players um, but in terms of me going back to Rangers um, there's, uh, it doesn't look that it'll be that way in the next the next few years anyway Gaff, Is that something you'd like Barry? Um, we actually spoke about it were we off air or were we on there when we were speaking about it <laughs> no, we're yeah. I think we were on air were we on air <laughs> it's difficult to tell sometimes oh, Gav, this is what excited. happens we, we have great chat on the radio and during the break it continues because we love it but, I, uh, I, yeah. I just get I excited what we say <laughs> um, so would you go back listen of course at some stage you, you would always but I, I decided to go, and go down a different route a lot of ex-players go out I went down to the, the bottom level to try and learn my trade and it's been difficult at times, but I'm enjoying what I'm doing in terms of part-time football and obviously been in working with you guys. So I, I'm enjoying my life just now. Could you manage Rangers? There you go. Could you, in the long run, do you think you back yourself to manage Rangers? You've got to always back yourself. Yeah. I mean, what's the point of living if you don't back yourself? Mm. I mean, you've got to believe in yourself, but as I say, I'm just happy what I'm doing just now. But you can never say never yep. going and, down and the line. And what might be quite healthy is being away for a while and being out of it for a while it, and then good. coming back. Rob, I think you made a great point there. It's good to be away. I grew up obviously coming through the system, and there was a lot of pressure as a young kid coming through. And listen, I've got to be honest with you, I enjoyed that pressure. I put a lot of pressure on myself, but it's good now as you get older just to take a step back and, and look for afar um, and go and watch the results and watch how Rangers perform. Can you believe we're nearly out of time? What about stopping the clock then, Sai, which Gav was asking oh, about? Do you want to absolutely do that? Absolutely not, Gav. It's me that's kicking the boat. It's me usually <laughs> kicking the boat at the pitch, and that's for a breather. So I would be I would be absolutely hopeless if you couldn't kick the boat, Gav. Give a break, Gav. Come on. Gav, what's your prediction for Scotland tonight? What do you reckon? Oh, well, with Czech Republic, maybe in the way they are, maybe 2 0 Scotland. 2 0 Scotland, that would do us. Gav, thanks very much. Sorry we're running out of time. Could you back Scotland 2 0, really? Could you? After I, wish we, could, I wish we could yeah. stop the clock on this show. Where are we going to score? Where are we going to score? Who's going to score, Rob? Rob, what's Who's your prediction? Rob McLean. I went for 1 0 Friday and I was optimistic for a while until 15 minutes from the end. I'm going for 1 0 Scotland again. Yeah, I'm going to go with that, Rob, as well. 1 0. I don't know what Come to do. Barry Ferguson. Can I get a shot and go? We're going to win the game. 2-1 Yes 2-1 Scotland yep. Great What are you going Paul? 2-1 Scotland Yep yeah. I said 2-0 the other Who's going to score a goal? Sorry who's going to score a goal? Lindon Dykes Lindon Dykes Yeah well he gets Not, for, not a de- debut goal Sorry he'll get, yeah. he'll get a goal tonight yeah. He deserves it with that performance Hopefully he keeps it up tonight And gets a goal That's it We're out of time Thanks very much to Barry Ferguson To Cy Ferry Rob McLean Ali Defoy And from me Paul Cooney Good luck Scotland tonight From all of us And we're back tomorrow at 5 Good night the Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go!